Chapter Twenty Seven of Isaac Bickerstaff. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Isaac Bickerstaff, physician and astrologer, by Richard Steele. Chapter Twenty Seven, Mister Bickerstaff's nephews. From my own apartment, June sixteenth. The vigilance, the anxiety, the tenderness which I have for the good people of England. I am persuaded will in time be much condemned, but I doubt whether they will be ever rewarded. However, I must go on cheerfully in my work of reformation, that, being of my great design, I am studious to prevent my labours increasing upon me, therefore am particularly observant of the temper and inclinations of childhood and youth, that we may not give vice and folly supplies from the growing generation. It is hardly to be imagined how useful this study is, and what great evils or benefits arise from putting us in our tender years to what we are fit or unfit. Therefore, on Tuesday last, with a design to sound their inclinations, I took three lads who are under my guardianship, a rambling, in a hackney coach, to show them the town as the lions, the tombs, bedlam and the other places which are entertainments to raw minds because they strike forcibly on the fancy the boys are brothers one of sixteen the other of fourteen the other of twelve the first was his father's darling the second his mother's and the third is mine who am their uncle mr william is a lad of true genius but being at the upper end of a great school and having all the boys below him his ignorance is unsupportable if i begin to show a little of my latin he immediately interrupts me uncle under favour that which you say is not understood in that manner brother says my boy jack you do not show your manners much in contradicting my uncle isaac you queer cur says mr william do you think my uncle takes any notice of such a dull rogue as you are mr william goes on he is the most stupid of all my mother's children he knows nothing of his book when he should mind that he is hiding or hoarding his taws and marbles, or laying up farthings. His way of thinking is four and twenty farthings make sixpence, and two sixpences of a shilling, two shillings and sixpence half a crown, and two half-crowns five shillings. So within these two months the close hunks has scraped up twenty shillings, and we will make him spend it all before he comes home jack immediately claps his hands into both his pockets and turns as pale as ashes there's nothing touches a parent and such i am to jack so nearly as provident conduct this lad has in him the true temper for a good husband a kind father and most honest executor all the great people you see make considerable figures on the exchange in court and sometimes in senates are such as in reality to have no greater faculty than what may be called human instinct 
which is a natural tendency to their own preservation and that of their friends without being capable of striking out the road for adventures there is sir william scrip with of this sort of capacity from his childhood he has brought the country round him and makes a bargain better than sir harry wildfire with all his wit and humour sir harry never wants money but he comes to scrip laughs at him half an hour and then gives bond for the other thousand the close men are incapable of placing merit anywhere but in their pence and therefore gain it while others who have larger capacities are diverted from the pursuit by enjoyments which can be supported only by that cash which they despise and therefore are in an end slaves to the inferiors both in fortune and understanding i once heard a man of excellent sense observe that more affairs in the world failed by being in the hands of men too large capacities for their business than by being in the conduct of such as wanted abilities to execute them jack therefore being of a plotting make shall be a citizen and as i design him to be the refuge of the family in their distress as well as their jest in prosperity his brother will shall go to oxford with all speed where if he does not arrive at being a man of sense he will soon be informed wherein he is a coxcomb there is in that place such a true spirit of raillery and humour that if they cannot make you a wise man they will certainly let you know you are a fool which is all my cousin wants to cease to be so thus having taken two out of the way i have leisure to look at my third lad i observe in this young rogue a natural subtlety of mind which discovers itself rather in forbearing to declare his thoughts on any occasion than in any visible way of exerting himself in discourse for which reason i will place him where if he commits no faults he may go further than those in other stations though they excel in virtues the boy is well fashioned and will easily fall into a graceful manner wherefore i have a design to make him a page to make a great lady of my acquaintance by which means he will be skilled in the common modes of life and make a greater progress in the world by that knowledge than with the greatest qualities without it a good mayan in a court will carry a man greater lengths than a good understanding in any other place we see a world of pains taken and the best years of life spent in collecting a set of thoughts in a college for the conduct of life and after all the man so qualified shall hesitate in his speech to a good suit of clothes and want common sense before an agreeable woman hence it is that wisdom valour justice and learning cannot keep a man in countenance that is possessed of these excellences if he wants that inferior art of life and behaviour called good breeding a man endowed with great perfections without this 
is one who has his pockets full of gold but always wants change for his ordinary occasions will courtly is a living instance of this truth and has had the same education which i am giving my nephew he never spoke a thing but what was said before and yet can converse with the wittiest men without being ridiculous among the learned he does not appear ignorant nor with the wise indiscreet living in conversation from his infancy makes him nowhere at a loss and a long familiarity with the persons of men is in a manner of the same service to him as he knew their arts a ceremony in this is the invention of wise men to keep fools at a distance so good breeding is an expedient to make fools and wise men equals my three nephews whom in june last twelve month i disposed of according to their several capacities of inclinations the first to the university the second to a merchant and the third to a woman of quality as her page but my invitation denied with me to-day it is my custom often when i have a mind to give myself a more than ordinary cheerfulness to invite a certain young gentlewoman of our neighbourhood to make one of the company she did not did me that favour this day the present of the a beautiful woman to of honour to minds which are not trivially disposed displays an arlacy which is not to be communicated by any other object it was not unpleasant to me to look into her thoughts of the company she was in she smiled at the party of pleasure i had thought of for her which was composed of an old man and three boys my scholar my citizen and myself were very soon neglected and the young courtier by the bow he made it to her at her entrance engaged her observation without a rival i observed the oxonian not a little discomposed at this preference while the traitor kept his eye upon his uncle my nephew will had a thousand secret resolutions to break in upon the discourse of his younger brother who gave my fair companion a full account of the fashion and what was reckoned most becoming to this complexion and what sort of habit appeared best upon the other shape he proceeded to acquaint her who of quality was well or sick within the bills of mortality and named very familiarly all his lady's acquaintance not forgetting her very words when she spoke of their characters besides all this he had a load of flattery and upon her inquiring what sort of woman lady lovely was in her person really madam says the jackanapes she is exactly of your height and shape but as you are fair she is a brown woman there was no enduring that this fop should outshine as all this unmerciful rate therefore i thought fit to talk to my young scholar concerning his studies and because i would throw his learning into present service I desired him to repeat to me the translation he had made of some tender verses in Theocritus. He did so with an air 
of elegance peculiar to the college to which i sent him i made some exceptions to the turn of the phrases which he defended with much modesty as believing in that place the matter was rather to consult the softness of a swain's passion than the strength of his expressions it soon appeared that will had outstripped his brother in the opinion of our young lady a little poetry to one who is bred a scholar has the same effect that a good carriage of his person has on one who is to live in courts the favour of women is so natural a passion that i invite both the boys in the their successes in the approbation of my guest and i thought the only person invulnerable was my young traitor during the whole meal i could observe in the children a mutual contempt and scorn of each other arising from their different way of life and education and took that occasion to advise them of such growing distaste which might mislead them in their future life and disappoint their friends as well as themselves of the advantages which might be accepted from the diversity of their professions and interests the prejudices which are growing up between these brothers from all different ways of education are what create the most fatal misunderstandings in life but all distinctions of disparagement merely from our circumstances are such as will not bear the examination of reason the courtier the trader and the scholar should all have an equal pretension to the denomination of a gentleman that tradesman who deals with me in a commodity which i do not understand with uprightness has much more right to that character than the courtier who gives me false hopes or the scholar who laughs at my ignorance the appellation of a gentleman is never to be fixed to a man's circumstances but to his behaviour in them for this reason i shall ever as far as i am able give my nephews such impressions as shall make them value themselves rather as they are useful to others than as they are conscious of merit in themselves there's no qualities for which we ought to pretend to the esteem of others but such as render our serviceable to them for free men have no superiors but benefactors end of chapter twenty seven end of isaac bickerstaff physician and astrologer by richard steele read by elijah fisher